Hello, and welcome to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. I am Steph, and I'm the owner and creative director of Vim. Vim's mission is to showcase the enthusiasm and passion of business leaders nationwide. I cannot wait to have you listen to the show and stick around. At the end, we talk a little bit about how you can be my next guest. Hey guys, we are back with another episode of the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. I'm so excited. I have a great leader with us today, Brandon Lebowitz. Lebowitz? Lebowitz? Lebowitz. (laughs) I knew I would get there right. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Brandon is the owner of SEO Optimizers, and we're going to dive into all of what that is here in a bit. But Brandon, again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, I'm super excited. I I gave you a little forewarning that we dive in deep right off the bat with this show. So we're going to start with my hard-hitting question, okay? Let's do it. All right. What is your why? Uh, Just like helping people or helping businesses grow. So SEO is a lot of building up traffic and getting businesses to get more free traffic from the search engine. So I like watching and helping people grow and also enjoy the freelance aspect of it when I was able to work full time and also pick up freelance clients here and there, which is a nice thing about doing digital marketing. And yeah, but really enjoy helping people out and trying to figure out Google, which also makes it kind of interesting because they're changing all the time. So it's not just the same thing every single day. It's constantly changing. It's kind of like a game, just trying to figure out what Google's looking for nowadays. I'm so glad that somebody else can say that because I swear I say that all the time and I just wonder if people think I'm just fooling because that Google, it's worse than social media algorithms. It is changing so rapidly. I don't know how anyone keeps up. Mm -hmm. It's tough, but luckily, (laughs) I mean, the main thing is not really to focus on Google, but to figure out who's on the first page of Google for your keywords and try to figure out what have they done. So instead of trying to figure out Google because no one's ever going to figure out Google. And if you do, tomorrow it's going to change and the next day and it's going to keep changing. So really what I do is try to look at my competitors, see what they've done and try to do a little bit better job of it. Gotcha. So kind of like working a little backwards, working backwards from what you're seeing others are doing. Yeah. If they're on that first page of Google and the ranking for your keywords, they're doing something right. And you can look at their keywords. You can look at their backlinks. You could pretty much look at everything. If you know where to look in the right places and, then you can just look at their strategies and try to implement it onto your own website. Nice. I love that. Okay. I'm not letting you off the hook too easy though. We're diving right on into the technical stuff, which I love because I know the listeners are probably like, Ooh, that's a good call. Um, but you said your why is to help people and you love to see people grow. So I want to dive a little deeper with you and to maybe go back into like a younger brand in and kind of start to think about some times when helping others was really important to you outside of this SEO world or the digital marketing world. Have you ever thought deeper into how this helping people has kind of resonated in your life? I usually try to give back and help others if possible. So, I mean, maybe growing up, love skateboarding and my brother would help teach him how to skateboard. So it'd be patient or like would help friends that would want to learn how to skateboard and not push it on them, but just try to help them and show them the ways to not fall and not, or hopefully not fall and get hurt. And just, yeah, always 
try to give back as much as possible. That's what my parents kind of instilled in my brother and I growing up. So. Nice. So you have just one brother. You're the older, obviously. Mm, yep. Got one younger brother. Okay. And how much younger is he? Six years. So a little bit of oh, a difference. Wow. So you actually really had a lot of influence. And not, not that, you know, if you're only like my brother, we're two years apart. So I feel like we influenced each other very much so because of how close we were. But six years, you know, when he's starting to walk, you know, you're full blown probably skateboarding. And he's really looking up to you on how do I grow and become what I see in my brother. Mm -hmm. Yep, that age difference definitely does that. So I was definitely his role model and try to put that good foot forward and show him the right way and try to be a good big brother, even though. Got to do the brotherly love, but try to help out. <laughs> yeah, even though I know I knew where you were going with that, even though I have some memories of maybe not being the best big sister for my brother, and he knows exactly what I'm talking about, but it's like we're kids. We're learning, too. Even though we're the oldest, we're learning, too, right? Mm -hmm. We're all learning, and we're always still learning, so it's just learning what to do and what not to do and just grow from there. Yeah. So how how long, like when did the skateboarding start and, and how how did that look between you and your brother? In middle school. Okay. Probably like seventh grade, maybe. Started skateboarding and yeah, had a friend that did it and just started to get into it and really enjoyed it. And then my brother started getting into it and then some of his friends started getting into it. So it just kept going and kind of like a little snowball effect and just kind of spread around the the block in the area and our friends. Nice. And so people were like, Brandon's the go-to person. If you want to learn how to skateboard, like go hang out with Brandon and his brother and this crew and they'll teach you. Mm -hmm. We'd help out and try to get everyone on board. The more people that skateboard, the better. So we're just like, let's get more people, more friends and get a bigger community going. I love that. So I love that you say community too, because that's exactly what happens when you have this like deeper rooted passion for something is you find like-minded people who want to be in that same sphere in some way, shape or form. And so, you know, you create this little skateboard community. Do you guys still skateboard or are you going to, I feel like this is like, <laughs> it's like a, do you still do it? <laughs> a little bit, not so much. Heather. Yeah few injuries where I've broken a couple bones and no. the bone I've had to have surgery and that always happens on my wrists and my arms. So I'm like, gotta be careful because I kind of need my hands. So yeah, not doing as That's much really anymore. Enough. Yeah. So every <laughs> once in a while, but not all day long. Like I used to. Nice. Nice. So then after these, this middle school, your early high school years of, of, you know, you really, maybe not even recognizing how much like deep you enjoy helping others with this growth at what stage do you recognize this desire to help others grow and turn it into either what is today with seo optimizers or maybe other points in your career i mean i kind of just fell into it wasn't planning on doing seo so that wasn't really the career path but i was just wanting to do well got my degree in business marketing and the first job i got out of school was helping a company out with their digital marketing and I don't really know much about digital marketing. They said, don't worry, we don't know much either. We're gonna like <laughs> learn with you and take you to classes and workshops and nice. seminars, which was kind of interesting and good way. And this is back in 2007. So after working there for a couple months and going to these seminars, I realized like you do SEO full time, but I could also go to like a restaurant or 
local business and ask them if they want to rank on the top of Google and pick up clients here or there. So that kind of got me going with that kind of career path because before that, I was probably trying to do something maybe with like skateboarding. Always had like some entrepreneurial spirit. So nice. I wanted to create a company and probably would have done something with skateboarding, but got my degree and kind of just fell into this job and just realized back in 2007, everyone's probably going to have a website in the future. And there's a lot of different ways to get traffic, but SEO is just a way to get free traffic and just kind of took off from there and just never turned back after that. Just kept going with it, working full time and then building up my own company to where I was able to eventually quit my job and focus solely on this and been doing that ever since. Nice. So how how long has SEO Optimizers been in business? Since 2007. So right when I okay. got that first job after working there for a few months, I borrowed with okay. someone. They built me a website. I helped out with their SEO and I, mean, I didn't focus 100% of my time on the SEO Optimizer, my company. I was just happy to have a full-time job, graduate from college and was happy to pick up like one or two freelance clients here or there. But after doing that for about like maybe like eight years, I was like, let me really focus more time in this and then focus a lot more time and energy. And after a couple of years, when I really focused on it, then I was like making the same amount that I'm making as at these advertising agencies. Why don't I just quit my job and focus solely on this and try to build it up as much as possible. I've been doing that ever since, but definitely took some time to build it up. It's not just jumping ship right away because you never know what's going to happen. And you don't want to just put all your eggs in one basket and just find out like, all right, I have one big client, and then you lose that client, and then you're kind of out of luck. Or like in the past with the pandemic, I had a lot of clients that were local mm -hmm. businesses and lost over half my clients because they just completely had to shut down. And some of them never reopened, unfortunately, but that made me realize mm -hmm. like I got to rethink my business and just be prepared and just not, or yeah, just try to readjust my business, focus more on like e-commerce or other type of businesses that are still around and, but yeah, it's just trying to adapt and adjust as much as possible. Yeah. So, so it's 07. So you've been in business, you know, like, and I get, I get what you're saying. It's evolved since then, but like you're, you're past the 15 year mark. Yep. Now. Yeah. In 2023. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. That's huge. Yep. Yeah, I know. Looking back, like, wow, <laughs> a lot of times I've been doing SEO and digital marketing. I mean, I've touched on like social media, paid ads, but mainly really focus more on the SEO just because it's free traffic and yeah. who doesn't want free traffic for sure. And so do you have a team? Yep. I have some people, yeah, team that helped me out with, cause SEO has a lot of content marketing or writing. So I have a lot of writers, bloggers, yeah. house releases, just cause the way SEO works is the more websites that you're published on, the more trust Google is going to give to you. And usually you get published on other websites, you need to provide some piece of content, an article, blog, press release or podcast or whatever it may be video that you want to give out, but usually you got to put something out there. Yeah. So, okay, let's, I'm going to pick your brain a little bit here because this is kind of the trendy as of this recording today. Um, I know your episode will air a little bit later in the year, but it's really a hot topic right now in the world of AI and copywriting. And so with you being so immersed with SEO, and as you just pointed out, how important uh, content is with SEO, I, I want to kind of hear your thoughts, your, you know, positives, your pros and cons. Like, what are you guys thinking about this? this new evolution in copywriting. Uh, so, I mean, it's actually been around since I started doing SEO in 2007. Oh, yeah. Now I feel like a fool. Really? Uh, okay. didn't work as well. So they had what are called article spinners. So you, Google really feeds off content and content meaning text. They can't read images or videos or audio yet. They're getting closer. But the more text you have on your website, 
the more Google is going to be able to read, understand, and know what keywords you're focused on. So a lot of people don't want to write articles or blogs. And back in 2007, probably even before that, there was these things called article spinners where you have someone write an article and then you put into the spinner thing, and it'll find synonyms and replace the words with synonyms. Mm. Didn't really read properly. So that's why it wasn't that popular. But it was good enough that Google didn't realize that it was or Google couldn't tell that it was just written by these spinners that thought it was original content. So Google had in 2011 this Panda update, which said, we're going to focus on content. Content has to be original, has to be written by people, has to be written for people, not written for search engines. And ever since then, they've been focused a lot on content because, I mean, ever since I started doing SEO, content is king. That's what mm -hmm. everyone always told me. Content is the most important thing. So Google wants original content written by people. And if it's written by AI, Google says that they're going to actually penalize sites with that. Not sure how they're going to differentiate it nowadays because it is written really well, but there's still ways to tell. I mean, you can just pick up patterns and it's not 100% accurate yet. And also, like ChatGPT said, they're going to watermark their content. So if know. someone, which I don't know how they could do that, maybe they would put some letters somewhere in the background, but if you use that content and it's watermarked with that and Google sees that, they potentially might penalize you. I have one of my cousins, he works as a screenwriter and he's telling me that in Hollywood, they're like, if this is, because it could write pretty much anything nowadays, it could write movies, television yeah. shows, scripts. So, but Hollywood's saying if it's AI written, they're not going to take it. So I feel like there's going to be some way to differentiate. But right now, you can kind of tell in five years from now, it's going to be really tough to tell because it just keeps getting better and better and yeah. better. Like, yeah, ever since I've been doing this, people have tried to figure out ways to game the system to, find shortcuts and Google tries to patch those. That's where Google updates their algorithm. It's not really changing their algorithm too much. It's more mm -hmm. of patching loophole or ways people kind of game the system and figure out, oh, I could use this chat GPT or I could use these article spinners to write content. Then Google's like, wait, hold on. We don't want you just artificially gaming the system. We want you to really work for these rankings. Yeah, which I, you know, pros and cons. So like, I love that Google is doing that because what Google's goal is, is to truly give you the search result that matches your question authentically, accurately with a trustworthy source, um, something that's functioning and performing right now, right? You don't want to land on some website that hasn't been in business for 10 years and then you can't get the help you need from them. Um, so I think there's a huge pro in social media, or excuse me, in Google. And in, in, like you said, I like that language, like patching the system. Um, and then I think the the con, dare I call it a con, is just for those, it's only a con for those who are trying to kind of circumvent the like system instead of just being authentic, real, and creating genuine content, you know, without, I guess, the cheater mode, right? Yeah, I mean, use chat GPT as like an outline, use it as like a reference starting point, but don't just copy it verbatim because it definitely will be good. Like if you're stuck and you want some like outlines or bullet points, oh, how about with that? But then build off of it. Don't just leave it. You got to edit it and then use it as like kind of like a framework, just like a starting guide, but yes. don't just copy and paste it. That's where, I mean, you can even see right now, like the answers aren't 100% accurate. The more people that use it, the more accurate it's going to be. But right now it's still not, there, it's still learning. The more mm -hmm. people that use it, the more it's going to learn. And then it's going to be a little scary when it really knows almost everything. But for now, right. it's still learning a lot. Yeah, I think for now, too, is so short lived. I think it really is, you know, going to blow up and just get even better, mm -hmm. which I kind of love the idea that you said, 
you know, don't use it to, rep you didn't necessarily say this, but I was thinking, you know, don't use it to replace the writing, use it as a resource for the writing, right? I love the idea of, you know, maybe use ChatGBT or any other AI, excuse me, I've got to take a sip, otherwise this is going to go bad. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, these AI tools, they're great for resources, but like you said, they're already kind of triggering these nuances so they know if it's authentic or not. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. Um, okay. So on that note, I kind of wanted to ask you with SEO optimizers, especially since we're talking about authenticity and real genuine content and people resonating with you and the community that you have been helping grow um, for 15 plus years. My question to you is, is when people interact with SEO optimizers, whether they go to your website or go to your social, what is the first, you know, feeling or mood that you want them to get when they're interacting with your brand? Well, first got to look at their website because SEO is not really one size fits all. Got to really look at their website and analyze it versus the competitors and see what's working, what's not working and how to get them to the level that they want to be at. So always start off with a free website analysis where I just kind of take a higher level look, see what's working, what your competitors are doing, what you've done in the past, and just try to figure out what the strategy and game plan is because every website's going to be different. It's not just really, let's do this. It's let's do this, this, and this, and oh, let's see what your competitors are doing. Oh, they're doing this strategy. Let's incorporate this, or let's try to pull this. Like if you're a local business, like a doctor or plumber, it's going to be a little different than someone selling like tennis shoes where it's an e-commerce website, the local one wants to get on like Google Maps, someone selling tennis shoes, they don't really care about that. So unless they have physical locations, but if it's just e-commerce online, then it's going to be a little bit different. So just trying to figure out what the best strategy is for them and trying to get them on the right map, roadmap. Very nice. Awesome. All right. Well, I, I really think that there's a lot of people who are listening who are getting a lot of value from a, from the get-go. You started sharing great little tips about how to take advantage of what, you know, you keep mentioning this free tool, which it is, but there's so many people out there who don't A, have the time or B, have the uh, understanding and knowledge or the time to you know, find the resources with the understanding and knowledge. And so that's where, you know, companies like SEO optimizers come in beautifully. And so while it is a free tool, if we all choose to dedicate our time and our, our, you know, mental space to it, but with, for those who don't, what's a really good kind of brief understanding of what it is that you do and who it's for, and then what would be a great way to kind of get started with you? Well, so SEO is for anyone with a website. If you don't have a website, then could be a little tricky because SEO is ranking websites on Google. So if you don't have a website, then the first starting point is get a website, build a website. And if you are building a website, make sure you build it and try to optimize it for conversions. A lot of people don't really think about that when they build websites. They just kind of build a website to make it look pretty, but you should really build a website that's ready to capture leads, phone calls, emails, whatever it may be. But once you have a website, then I could help out and Pretty much as long as you have a viable product or service, I could assist with you showing up on Google. So if they wanted to learn more, I actually create a special gift for everybody. If they go to my website at seooptimizers.com, that's s-e-o-o-p-t-i-m-i-z-e-r-s.com forward slash gift. They can find that there along with my contact information and I've thrown up classes that I've done over the years. So if they want to see step-by-step -step 
how to do a lot of stuff that we've talked about. They could watch those classes for free. And hmm. also, if they want to book some time on my calendar for free website analysis, I'm happy to look at their website from an SEO point of view and see what's working, what's not working, and how to get them to the level that they want to be at. And they can book some time on my calendar there for free as well. Nice. I love that's an amazing gift. So listeners, how clear how clear is that if you have a website, I can help. So if you have a website, whether it is um, a business, a hobby, if it is a personal brand site, but you want it to perform better than it's performing for you now, definitely hit up Brandon, I will make sure in the show notes that we will have that link the seooptimizers.com forward slash gift. That way you guys can get on Brandon's calendar, take advantage of the very generous gift that is that is huge. And I, I know I know the listeners are going to take advantage of that. That's a huge gift. So thank you again, Brandon, for for coming on and sharing a little bit of your story and what it is that you're doing. And and most of all, the tips that you shared, I think that's going to be the most value for t- from today for sure. Yeah, thank you for having me on today. All right, guys, uh, we will talk to you next time. Steph here. Thank you so much for listening to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. If you are a successful business owner and you lead your business with passion, we'd love to feature you on our show. We'd love to share with the world what makes your business great and how you have intentionally led passion throughout your business. Also, if you got any value or little tidbits from this episode, please take a minute to screenshot the episode and share it on your favorite social media platform. Be sure to tag us so we can properly thank you and we love deepening our connection with our listeners. We are regularly putting out new episodes to feature leaders such as yourself who lead with passion on purpose. So be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss any future episodes. For more episodes, guest information, or details on the show, please visit getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. That's getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. Once again, I'm Steph. I am the owner and creative director at Vim. And thank you for listening to the show.